Hey, welcome to the Pop My Culture Podcast. I'm Cole Stratton. I'm Vanessa Raglan. Hey, guys. Uh, <laughs> and Oliver's on the mic. Uh, we've got a great show for you this week. We have two great guests. I'm, like, beyond delighted. It's so funny how you never know who you're going to get super starstruck by. Hey. This guy got me. That's right. <laughs> right, Oliver? Uh, Leonard Malton, who is one oh. of the best film critics and film historians and cartoon historians uh, ever. ever. He uh, he's here along with uh, Baron Vaughn, who's a great stand-up comic and actor. Yeah, he's amazing. Um, they have a new podcast together called Malton on Movies, which we talk about on the episode. It's two as well. smart, funny people talking about movies. It's great. Yep, we'll get to that very very shortly. I have a little bit of tiny bit of housekeeping. Um, it's been a while since we've released an episode, uh, largely because I was off running a comedy festival for three weeks. Uh, so apologies for the delay, but we are back. <laughs> Oliver is excited that we are back. Uh, if you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes. You can you also email us. Info at popmyculturepodcast.com. We read them all. We'll get back to you. Also, uh, we are listener supported. That's right. So support us. Go to popmyculturepodcast.com and there's a little donate button and you can click it and give a money amount. Right. And if you do uh, shout us out, we, uh, well, if you donate, we will uh, give you a shout out on the podcast. And uh, we have a couple people we need to thank now. So Yes. Um, we brought in a special guest. You guys haven't seen her in a while, but here she is. Yep. Let me uh, just pull her out of my pocket here. She's always in there. It's weird. <laughs> oh, hello. Oh, your pocket was a terrible mess. Just terrible. Sorry. Uh, but we have some people we need to thank. Sure, sure. All right. Uh, Let's do this. Okay. Yes. Do you have a big piece here. Of... Oh, it's so uh, large. Why don't you get the paper smaller? Well, sorry. Okay. Uh, right, the first right, up is right. Jonathan. Jonathan. Well, thank you very much, Jonathan, for donating to Pop My Culture podcast. Cole is a benevolent ruler and uh, I really appreciate anything you kick our way because sometimes it gets new shirts which is good for me right uh, also uh, magic star cosplay oh magic star cosplay now that's a funny name is that a girl or a boy well, I don't know well I hope it's a both I hope it's a both a girl and a boy. Do you ever cosplay, Catherine? Oh, I've cosplayed. Sure, sure. I dressed up like, uh, what's her name? Sailor Moon last year for Halloween. Oh, good. It was a lot of fun. Right, because I watch all that Sailor Moon and you've like taken it in. I really enjoy it. Who knew? She's feisty. <laughs> Thank you, Magic Star Cosplay. Course, next up, we have a lot of like... Uh, and beings, and not beings, but like entities here. Uh, yeah. The estate. The estate, and that's with an A-E, sort of like aesthetics is yep. spelled. A uh, big thank you to the estate for supporting Cole and Vanessa, you know, and therefore supporting me. Uh, next time, just send a tiny ham sandwich. <laughs> yep, you do love your tiny I ham I do sandwiches. love a tiny ham and sandwich. And finally, Chris. Chris. Oh, Chris, what a nice man. Thank you so much. Your gift really does mean a lot to these kids. You know, in my day, Chris, if you were here right in front of me, I'd straighten your tie and give you a little kiss on the face and tell you to have a great day. <laughs> oh, well, is Chris Yar? Chris is Yar. Oh, he's Yar. Terrific. Well... That's all we have to thank, so I'm afraid I'm going to put you no, back in No, no, Cole, wait, can't there be a few more names, please? Sorry, please? That's, no, no. that's all there is. I'm cruel. Anyhow, thank Aww. you guys for uh, donating to the podcast. It really does help us. And I'd like to do a special shout-out. I actually didn't run this by Vanessa, oh, so uh, here we go. But uh, this is uh, from my brother Shay. Aww. So um, 
he uh, about two years ago, a friend of his found a stray dog wandering around the streets of Los Angeles, uh, a pit bull um, who was uh, very run down, probably been homeless for a while. Uh, Mange like has uh, muzzle mark scars on her face, um, just really beat up. So Shay took the dog in for a couple of days and they immediately clicked and bonded. And uh, she had terrible abscesses on, underneath and she'd been used for breeding and all sorts of stuff. So required a lot of surgery and stuff. But uh, so Shay and this dog bonded and uh, for the last two years they've been inseparable. But unfortunately she ended up getting cancer and had beat it a few times, I guess. And uh, anyways, uh, he had to put the dog down yesterday <sighs> and it was awful That's and sad hardest. and a uh, terrible thing to uh, have to do. So a uh, big shout out to him and support for him. And, uh, you know, like he's a hero to me because uh, there's a lot of dogs out there that are in these shelters and stuff that don't get a chance. They're older dogs or they're pit bulls mm-hmm. and they're a misunderstood breed. Um, you know, they're, they're, some of them are bred to be vicious, but a lot of them aren't. Yeah. And uh, my brother's dog really didn't get a fair shake at it, but at least had a good couple of years. So. Um, you know, it's little things like that you can do to help, uh, give these animals some good lives or at least the end of their lives mm-hmm. to help rebound for them. So, uh, I urge if you don't have a pet to, uh, instead of going to a puppy mill and getting a puppy or rescue, whatever, rescue. go find a rescue. There's a lot of great ones out there and, yeah. uh, they really are great companions, whether it's cats or dogs or whatever, like it's an invaluable thing. And, uh, and if you don't have time for that, but you have some extra change laying around, a lot of these rescue, um, things could use your donations Almost, your money. I could say with certainty every rescue could use your <laughs> every money. Every single one. Except for Beverly Hills Rescue <laughs> Association where the dogs are floating on rafts and pools drinking Cavassier uh, monocles and long cigarettes. Oh, that's that's a happy memory. That's I mean, a happy, happy fantasy, yeah. Right. So, uh, Shay, I uh, hope you're... Uh, I know it's Hats hard off time, to but, you, Shay. But, and, uh, uh, thanks, man. Yeah, thanks for giving a puppy a chance. And to everybody that loves their rescues... Good for you. Yep. Keep it up. So that's about as serious as I'll ever get on the show. That and, was uh, wonderful. I, uh, if Cole had run that by me, I would have never let this on air. <laughs> <laughs> we hope you guys enjoy this episode. We're very excited. Uh, there's a lot of talk about the movie trophy show on Sunday Woo! and uh, other great things too. So uh, enjoy it. And now we give you Leonard Malton and Baron Vaughn. Uh, well, we've got two great guests today. Uh, one is a great stand-up comic who uh, has done us sketch with quite a bit. So we go back a little ways. Baron Vaughn and oh. also one of the, uh, well, greatest film critics ever in my humble opinion Leonard Malton is here thank you hey guys thanks for being on the show yeah thank you for your humble opinion <laughs> <laughs> it's not that humble it's either that humble. I know him pretty well so oh, wow <laughs> Uh, well, I'm not that great. Everything's working out. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, so we're a couple days away from the Oscars so it would seem wait wait is that coming up like this weekend? Like this yeah. Weekend. Oh, you got to watch it. It's a show where they talk about movies. You'd love it. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. There's it, trophies. Okay. Numbers. I'll give it a try. <laughs> it's the movie trophy show. It's really great. It runs about Boy, I hope hours. they change it to the movie trophy show. It's a better title. You guys going to watch the movie trophy show? I would I would watch it just based on that title. And they should literally just be like like the trophy things. Like they're sparkly and then they have like the little ticker tape thing at the bottom. Where oh, it's yeah. Like, you know, best actor. But it was just printed back best bowler yeah <laughs> i think that'd be good dymo labels yeah <laughs> oh yeah tape, oh man whatever, however they call it yeah. did you guys ever have one of those label makers or know someone who did yeah i actually i know, I know people who did oh. i had to work with one when i worked at a law firm it was Whoa. specifically my old job school law was, firm. yeah it was, it was old school at the time was <laughs> making labels with the dymo labor oh like my la- gosh label maker 
because I had to, uh, I was the file guy. Ooh, I knew I was Google before there was Google. <laughs> so I had to know where everything was wow. and make the labels and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I hated that job. But anyway. But you got to use one of those things. I always wanted one really badly. Yeah? Yeah. You think they're sexy or what? I just think they look like you. they're so cause and effect. How how great is that? You do it, and then there it is in your hand. And yeah, I really wanted one. I might get one now that you're, we're talking about it, <laughs> right? You could cover your whole place in things. With mm-hmm. that, I did buy once something called Badge a Minute. That's B A D G hyphen A hyphen M I N I T. Oh, wow. even I like, faster I like than saying that, 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 that you know changes spellings. And yeah, stuff, very right? fun. <laughs> and, and the idea of this was that you could take, and I did. Uh, something out of the Sunday uh, color, uh, what we used to call the funnies, you know, Mm -hmm. comic thing, and put it over a blank badge and then somehow press this very vice-like device and turn it into a... A button? A button. A pinback button. I was like, oh, you're wearing one right now, but that's much Uh, nicer than a badge of minute. Yeah, and and this is not a badge of minute. (laughs) I wish I were wearing an example of my, my work. Uh, it was not easy to do, oh. so I only did a few of them, but they they, they turned out pretty well. Hmm. Badge a minute. Badge a minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look at that is a uh, ask for it by name, <laughs> not by spelling. I firmly believe that if you work hard enough, it could be a badge of forty five seconds. Mm. Oh, you just well. really gotta well, well, like a massage it. minute, right? There, there, there was a, there was a somebody opened a store that like in the old days of developing photo developing fifty. 50-minute photo. Is that true? <laughs> Instead of one-hour photo, yes. <laughs> Whoa. Yes, they could do the photos in 10 minutes less. I bet that was a time. minute, too, yeah. with an eye. You do that. <laughs> you get that 10 minutes can go a long way. Yeah. sure can. If it's yeah. one less like quarter in the meter mm-hmm. right there. So. You've already made your money Well back. put. Yeah. <laughs> that was like their big thing. <laughs> their big advertising. Uh, Use the quarter to park here. Right. <laughs> We added the quarter into the cost of the prints because it's coming faster, so yeah, it really well, it bounces yeah, out. But yeah. there you go. So the movie trophy show, yeah, mm-hmm. is on Sunday, mm-hmm. um, hosted by Neil Patrick Harris, who I think will do a good job. Oh I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm sure actually, he will. I'm actually looking forward to that. Yeah, I think he's a good host. I think like the host role is a little overrated when it comes to the Oscars. Like you do your opening bit, and then you're just. If if you if you're doing it well, you should just be a traffic cop after that. In my opinion, just keep the show moving. Yes, but there are people who know how to do that well. True. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and that was that was my criticism of the last couple that Billy Crystal did. I always enjoyed watching him, but it seemed like he put ninety nine percent of his effort into the opening uh, parody films right. and monologue and song uh, parodies, and then he he kind of dropped the ball. And you need somebody at an hour and a half in, two hours in, two and a half hours in to still keep, you know, the the, the buoyancy of the uh, the show, if any, <laughs> yeah. uh, going. And and some people just know how to do that very smoothly, almost effortlessly, uh, or it seems effortless when yeah. they do it well. And, right. and so, who's uh, a who's a good example of that? Well, I heard an interview with Neil Patrick Harris where he talked about just that. Oh, really? And yeah, and I I think he gets it. And and uh, which is why he's been so successful in the other shows that he's mm-hmm. hosted. So I'm 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 hopeful. 
I hope so too. I think the biggest issue for me, I mean, I love it. We have an Oscar party every year. We do like mm-hmm. Oscar themed snacks. So like we're doing like locks catcher this year and like a <laughs> like, uh, big Euro six, things like that. Uh-huh. Um, we always do that. It's fun. But uh, I find that it gets, it, they bog it down because all of a sudden you just have too many, like here's Chuck Workman put together this thing on the history of stools and film. And like, yeah. it's just like a montage thing of like, why, why do we need all of I, that? I know they, they did a couple of those the last two years. And, and all I kept thinking was, why? Mm-hmm. Why? They did a James Bond um, montage. Like, why? Right. It's not why anyone is tuning in. It's not why anyone is going to remain tuned in. Uh, I, I don't get it. It's yeah. a hard thing because I feel like the Oscars are confused about what the point of the Oscars is. Like the telebroadcast. Or like, is it, are we trying to get ratings? Are we trying to advertise movies? Or which, which, which one are well, they trying to do? You, you, you just hit it. They're trying to have it all. Yeah. yeah. And the, the truth is, that it is not a television show. It just isn't. And that's its awkwardness. It's, it's an awards ceremony. And over the years, and I forget how many to give out, 17 or 18, something like that. I'm probably all wrong <laughs> on that number. But the producers who, and the producers volunteer to do this. I'm not even sure they're paid. It's like a prestige gig. And mm. they come to it and they say, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And then they say, oh, and we have to give out the best sound editing award. <laughs> uh, you know, and this is the problem is that there's just no getting around the fact that they're giving out a fair number of awards to people no one really cares about yeah. except people in that field. Right. And the, the various uh, board of governors of the academy hang on to that tooth and nail. They do not want to see their categories marginalized and taken off the show. And put onto now, the, like the day before technical right. awards. The, the Emmys have done it because the Emmys oh, give are out all the Oscars given on. Yes. Oh, I didn't. Know except that. for the except for the scientific and technical awards, which okay. they do yeah. as a yeah. separate ceremony. But then they come out and say we had a different ceremony, and now right. let's yeah. tell you about right. it. Right. <laughs> At least they acknowledge it, and yeah. that, that's that's fine. But the Grammys and the Emmys, long since, because so, they give out thousands of awards every it's year, hard. it seems, and and so they a lot of them are not on the main show, and the Grammys being a music show. They can have musical performances. The you know the Emmys can do that to some degree, but what can you do on the Oscar show? More monologues. Yeah, exactly. Well, the Tony the Tony's already kind of does that. Yeah, they'll show like pieces of show. They don't show straight plays like they used to. (laughs) Sometimes you're like, and now a scene from August Wilson's Fences, and it was just like, okay, I guess we're back to (laughs) being on TV. Great. So that's the problem with the Oscars is that it's not really built. Uh, or, or built on a foundation of entertainment. So what you're saying is the Oscars is not going to win an Emmy. <laughs> Although it has. It has oh, yeah. it wait, has the has. Oscars won an Emmy? Of course yeah, the Oscars for, for have won directing, an Emmy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But it'll be up delightful. for like Best Variety or Special or whatever because yeah. you'll, you'll see that thing pop up on yeah. the Emmys or whatever and it'll be like the Tony Awards yeah. said by Hugh Jackman. <laughs> it's always Academy the Tony's, the Grammys, and the Oscars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so that's, so, you know, so I, I'm actually interested in who wins Best Short subject and best visual effects and and uh, best score, best mm. original score and things like that. But I'm not typical, you know. I'm a, I'm a movie nut and I, I'm interested in some of these crafts and and arts, and that's that puts me in the very tiny minority of viewers. So there's no getting around it, and and yeah. it's and it's hard. It's hard because. I know when I was working at Entertainment Tonight, some of my colleagues said, oh, it's so boring. It's so dull. It's like, well. Your colleagues sound horrible. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. Anyway, so uh, no, those are just the bad ones. We'll leave it at that. I have, no, a lot of I, I, a lot of wonderful people I work with who did not sound like that would say that. But some of them were in positions of power <laughs> and did say that and did sound like that. And uh, you know, uh, that's hard. Yeah, that's hard. Do you guys have personal Oscar night traditions of? What you like your dream watching scenario, or do you do ballots or anything like that at home? Well, you know now because it's 2015, like live tweeting the Oscars is a big oh, yeah. deal. Yeah. Um, I actually meant to not do it last year. I didn't go to any parties. I was on a flight the day of the Oscars, but by the time I got home, they were just starting, so I turned it on. And then I was like, well, let me see what people are saying Here on, I go. on the Twitter. And then suddenly I'm <laughs> tweeting. So this year I'm going to go to a party. But usually I like to go to a party. And before live tweeting, you're just, you know, just talking poop with your friends. Yeah. Which is the funnest part. Yeah. I love to talk poop. Poop talking. <laughs> just poop talking with Baron Vaughn. specifically <laughs> using the word poop because it's more disgusting than anything else. Yeah. It's, it's sort of sad. <laughs> Thanks. That's really the only tradition I I have is like being with my friends and just talking smack. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for years and years and years, I had a a consistent uh, Oscar night gig for Entertainment Tonight, which was I put on my tuxedo when the show was over (laughs) and went to the Shrine Auditorium or the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion or more recently the Kodak, now the Dolby Mm -hmm. Theater, and did a commentary, sort of a wrap up of, of the show. And uh, I haven't worked for them for several years. And so now I just watch them. (laughs) (laughs) You get to relax. Yeah, I do. I do. I I go to a viewing party with with some friends, uh, which I did even when I was uh, doing my commentaries afterwards. And and it's it's, just nice to be with people. uh, But there has to be a party where they're actually watching. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big deal. I I don't mind wisecracks, but you got to be watching. I, I don't want to be in a room where people are, are, are drowning out the show. Yeah. yeah oh, that's terrible. Oscar pools. Yeah. That happens sometimes, too. Just mm-hmm. taking the bets with the friends and someone gets a box of donuts. Yeah, I love doing Well, we that. do. We do ballots, and then like things are worth different points. So like the technical awards are worth like five points or whatever, and then when you start to get into the actors, like Ooh, 10 that's points. that's sophisticated. That kind of thing. <laughs> very, that's, very, that's very advanced. And, <laughs> and then we also do Oscar bingo cards that have random things on them that we pass Oh, around. that's neat. So I've never heard of that. Like, you know, oh, someone thanked Jesus, and they got crossed that thing off, uh-huh. or oh, uh, ah. James Franco said, you know, presented an award. Great. Like those kinds of things are all random. Oh, cool. Um, and it also has some of the winners on it. So sometimes you'll look at it and you'll be like, oh, no, that thing's not going to win Best Picture. Well, that square's dead, you know, that kind of oh, stuff. Yeah. But uh, it's fun. And hardly anybody ever actually hits the bingo. It usually just ends up being the most squares crossed off wins, uh-huh. whatever little president is. But it's 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 a fun way. It keeps people paying attention to who might be a little more on the fence yeah. <laughs> yeah. about it. But yeah, Speaking of James Franco. I think he might have been my favorite Oscar host. Really? Just because it was so awkward. <laughs> it was the most gloriously awkward Oscars, I think, of all that time. Was yeah. so did, you, did you see him on Letterman about a month later? No, I didn't. He came out, and Letterman, having notoriously hosted the Oscars, yes. and, and, and he felt he bombed, which he sort of did. Mm. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it came up pretty early in the conversation. And Franco said to him, Let me ask you something. He says, was it that bad? He says, was it so awful? People have been saying the most horrible things. And he, was, he was really taken aback. He was genuinely taken aback mm. at, at the reaction that he and Anna Hathaway got. 
to their to their performance. <laughs> so I felt Anne Hathaway is she could she could have done it. I felt like she has a presence on stage where she can host. Yeah. Whereas I feel like Franco's better in front of a camera when, in a room that's empty. Yeah, he just seemed uncomfortable. Yes. Just, just plain yeah. uncomfortable. That was a strange Oscar. Well, it's Lena Harbin, you're a method actor to host the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't like go and host the Oscars to warm up for hosting for the Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, the closest to that is Neil Patrick Harris, yeah. who, who, who really has warmed up. Yeah. yeah. And he's the only one who's really done something. He's done the closest equivalent to it yes. uh, several times over. Uh, which is why I have uh, you know every confidence he's going to be good. I think he'll be good. Oh, he'll be. I I, I have no doubt. No doubt. Mm-hmm. He'll be good. Uh, well, let's my talk still a my, my all time favorite Oscar host joke though remains Bob Hope, uh, and they've rerun this clip a number of times. And I got to, I got to tell Mister Hope this once, uh, and and he he chuckled because he hadn't been reminded of the joke in a while, I guess. But uh, his continuing, he did it for like fifteen years or more. Yeah, a long time. And uh, and he again, all my numbers are incorrect. <laughs> so you can see your listeners put no stock in any number that I cite. Go on Snopes right yeah. now. Uh, he uh, his continuing joke was that th- though he was a movie star and made quite a lot of movies, his movies were never in contention for the Academy Awards. So that was the ongoing joke of him hosting this, this ceremony. And one year he said, well, welcome to the Oscars, or as it's known in my house, Passover. <laughs> oh, that's a great it's a joke. joke. It's a great joke. I did, I, a bit I remember was like the one year that maybe it was Chevy Chase hosting? Maybe he was hosting, but where he said like the, they have a new way, like when Oscar uh, like speeches go too long, all of a sudden like a trap door opened up and he mm-hmm. fell into it. And I was like, oh, that would be pretty funny. It's a good visual <laughs> gag. Um, well, let's talk about some of the uh, the major nominees here. Uh-oh. Um, and get your guys' uh, takes, predictions. We're getting into wait, it. Wait, 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 wait. For a guy who has something as innovative in his life as Oscar Bingo. <laughs> yeah. We're going to just talk about the nominees. Is oh, we're going to do really more than talk. Get okay. out the board, Cole. That's right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean to be going. critical. It's, it's, <laughs> no, no, well, it's well, not my place. You didn't mean to be critical. Uh, oh, wait a minute. There it is. All right. <laughs> Whoever we think. I'm predicting, uh, I'm predicting Broderick Crawford oh, for perfect. Best Actor. For uh, all the presidents? All the Kingsmen. All the Kingsmen? Yes. Nice. Mm. <laughs> Great movie. Great film. <laughs> First of all, it has all the king's men in it, yeah. which everybody's been waiting to see. And you never yeah. see the, that would have been better. King. So if I had pulled up the nominees from like 1993 <laughs> and been like, "Who do you think should have won, guys? Who's going to win?" <laughs> see if we go back. 93. I know who won in 93. Um, Wasn't that Silence of the Lambs year? I feel like Silence of the Lambs won everything that year. Was that 93 or was that 91? I told you numbers in me. John's on it. Might might be 91. I think might it be might have been 91. 92 is Unforgiven. But I remember that. Ooh, is that Unforgiven? I think it was. Because I remember that Silence of the Lambs, it's it's uncommon that a movie wins Best Actor, Best Actress, and Best Picture. Yeah, when it pulls a cuckoo's nest and like. Sweet, sweet, so much just, stuff. just one flu. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, we can talk while while this is being researched. Did you say it pulled a cuckoo's nest? Schindler's List won Best Picture for ninety three. Ninety three was Schindler's List. Uh, okay, I'll check that one off my list. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we'll 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 go quickly through some of these. But for Best Picture, there's quite a few nominations: uh, American Sniper, Birdman. This number, I know. There's eight. There's eight. 
Yeah. There you go. Uh, and they have an option to go up to 10, but it yes, depends on the but first place That's nominees. That's so strange. It's, it's very weird. strange. It's a weird. Yeah, it's like 10 if we want. Right. <laughs> if we feel I've had this described yeah. to me. I've had this described to me more than once. In fact, many times. It's called a weighted ballot. And I'm just, I'm just parroting what I've been told. And the idea is that you put your first choice and then your second choice, your third, up to 10. Every Academy member. Every Academy member gets to do this. The nominating process. And then they count all of the first choices so that a film, film, uh, you know, Choo Choo and the Philly Flash, or mm-hmm. name a film, any <laughs> film, could be everybody's. Could be, is could it a be, real movie? Yeah, yes. they were talking about it before. before you arrived. We were actually having a conversation about that movie with Alan Arkin and Carol Burnett. But, oh, now I know I'll love that movie. But, no, you won't. You won't. But, oh, okay. if, yeah. if everybody put down Choo Choo and the Philly Flash as their second choice, every, all 6,000 Oscar uh, voters, it would not necessarily be a best picture nominee because it needs a number of it because they have to count all the first choices first ah interesting now why that's but i thought that meant that once they're done with the first choices they go to the second choices but if that were true there would be 10 nominees i that's the part i still don't get it seems like the electoral college like it doesn't yeah. really make sense. Yeah. We can do yeah. better, but yeah, we're exactly. not going to right. do better. Count of the votes. Uh, California's picked whiplash. Oh. <laughs> Thank goodness. That's good for your uh, party. But, by the way, way. Wait, but you can't say that until the polls have closed on both coasts. Right. So don't right. don't so jump don't the gun. Mm-hmm. Whip cream lash. Ooh. <laughs> and we're trying to figure out something for a whiplash. Whiplash like, cream. We're like Dole whiplash, and we make little Dole whips oh, like that's good. pineapple things. Oh. Okay. I don't know. Mm. This year's been kind of hard with titles so to parody. Thus, Locks Catcher. Drop eyelashes and cool whip. All right. Um, <laughs> Yuck. Bunch of oh, apples. I mean, edible eyelashes. Of oh, course. Okay. Delicious. Of course. <laughs> Bunch of apples. Still apples. I mean, what are you going to do? The imitation crab game? That's not good. No one wants to eat that. Hey. I don't know. Like, it's been hard. We've been trying to figure it out. Imitation that Crab is a game. great idea, though. That's you, awesome. You should use that. But the, people have to eat these things. No, but California <laughs> rolls are fine. Well, I'm not going to be here, so it doesn't matter to me. Right. It's <laughs> true. Uh, all right. So we're running through these really fast. Yeah. Uh, best Picture nominees are American Sniper, Birdman, or The Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance, mm-hmm. Boyhood, The Grand Budapest Hotel, Imitation Game, Selma, Theory of Everything, and Whiplash. Uh, of those, uh, what was your guys' favorite of the at list, and what do you think is going to win? Mm-hmm. You had to pick. I think that's a very strong list. Yeah. 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 I think that is really a strong list. And there are quite a number of those films I like a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like exceptionally well. Uh, I think my, uh, I do know, my favorite of the year was Boyhood. And I would say my second favorite was The Grand Budapest Hotel. So I'm kind of rooting for those. But the truth is, any of them would deserve to win. Yeah, they're all, they're all it's worthy. It's a year of really they're, interesting They're, they're films, truly yeah. worthy nominees, and I won't be upset if one of the others wins because this is very high level of filmmaking. Yeah. Yeah. Thank goodness. Yeah. yeah. You're right. Personally, I think Birdman's going to win. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily my pick, but I think, I don't know why I think that, but I feel like Birdman's going to take what it. What would you pick, Ben? I, I want Selma to win. Yeah. But um, I don't know if that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I feel like Birdman is going to take it for some reason. Mm-hmm. I feel like Boyhood's going to take it because it's... it's well, gonna Linklater's going to get Best Director. Yeah. Well, it's a 12-year process. And uh, I feel like Birdman is one of those movies that 
isn't necessarily not everybody warmed up to. It's mm-hmm. very yeah. oh the backlash is bad. Yeah, very. So I feel like that's like, but Boyhood was generally there's very few people that are like ugh Boyhood. No, I've I've met a lot of people who feel that way, but they're not necessarily Academy members. But right. I've had a lot of men on the street folks say to me, oh, that Boyhood, I found it kind of long, found it kind of boring. Oh. Not, not everybody loves it. That right. was my favorite of the year. I yeah. thought it was just like riveting and yeah. so moving. I don't know if it's because we had a boy, baby this year. Well, being a parent, like I think, does does enhance your appreciation of yeah. the film and, and makes you more vulnerable to the film. Oh, my gosh. the word. Yeah, <laughs> and it makes you terrified of the ways you will break your human. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so scared. <laughs> Three well, hours you, of being really you, nervous. You, you guys have a baby who's just starting out. Yeah. And I, my daughter's, my only child is 28. Uh, you did uh, it. So, so, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Uh, but so Where does she I, live? I don't, I don't think it matters uh, downstairs. Oh. Uh, I, I, I thought she was in Europe. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think it matters. You know, I, I think just the film could easily have been called Parenthood, yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah, but that already is a film with Steve Martin. That's true. Right. And a really good yeah. TV show. Hood parents would be different. <laughs> so Hood Boy. <laughs> That'd be the Hughes brothers. Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, it's it's it is a really interesting year for films, especially because I feel like and maybe it's just because I'm in Los Angeles, but I feel like everyone I know saw all of these movies. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I've well, people there were so talking many, about them all the time. There were so many crappy yeah. movies this past year. Yes. That the the you know, the cream rose to the top and Except for what's interesting is that two of these films did not come out at the end of the year. Uh, Grand Budapest Hotel came out early. Yeah. yeah. And Boyhood came out in late spring. And most of the others are typically fall and winter movies. Right. And that's what some years you have to wait for anything good. You have to wait till fall. Oscar season. Yeah, right. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Then- so at least we had a couple of, of good ones. But right. the summer was kind of dull, relatively speaking. And it was dealt for the box office, too. Yeah. You know, people did not respond. All those people, all the bean counters are upset this year because attendance was down. Yeah. And uh, uh, which means they're not giving some, they're not giving just average moviegoers what they want to see. But it also means more and more people are staying home and streaming. And, yeah. You know, yeah. And because stuff comes out so fast other now. Ways. Yeah. You know, it's like, they, it's like an invitation to stay home. Right. It yeah. really is. It, it's, it's, it's saying... Nah, you'll, you'll see it soon enough. Yeah. The, the exceptions are those event movies. Yes. Yeah. So, so the weekend, that, so so Fifty Shades of Grey, most recently, uh, the. Uh, but you know, even the latest Hunger Games movie didn't do as well as the last Hunger Games movie. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's that's a peer to peer kind split of in the two comparison. Parts. Yes, which well, I feel yeah. like audiences are like, really, you guys want me to I'll pay for two? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. I feel like. I feel like, personally, the biggest movie event of the year is The Interview, a -hmm. movie that didn't even really get released. But it is indicative of the fact that mofos be afraid, Mm -hmm. I feel like. It's like the the relationship of the industry to the audience is getting really interesting, and I feel like the movie theater industry, which is in itself its own industry, is sort of grasping... For straws, like they're in the last stages of their life, because you can just release a movie straight to demand, or yeah, which all true, and and they released it successfully uh, through those different media. But does anyone want to stay home all the time? 
I know some people that have built movie theaters in their places. Yeah, and yes, they do. Well, <laughs> uh, and bully for them. But I, I still think it's a social experience. Yeah. I mean, you want to go out sometimes. You yeah. want to hang out with your friends. You want to go out on a date. Yeah. Uh, if you're married, sometimes you, you want to go out on a, on a grown-up evening out. Uh, what do people do on those occasions? They go to the movies. They yeah. always have. Yeah, but still, I feel like that version of going out to the movies is kind of – it's very different than the movie theater industry. Mm-hmm. Like the bigger, bigger places, they're, they're just like malls where I go to see a movie. I personally prefer those kitschier sort of quote-unquote mom-and-pop yeah. indie, indie places. Like there's a place in my neighborhood, the Vista, which I love going to. Oh, people, people love the Vista. Yeah, because it's not pretentious. It's like we have a – there's a movie – have some popcorn, but it's yeah. not like sign up for the membership and sign up for the this and that and yeah. sign up for our mailing list and sign up for the thing. And then people telling you where well, you can and can't stand like it's a damn concert venue. Continue. <laughs> I mean, I think for me, like I go to the movies all the time. I live very close to the Century City Theater, which I love. Oh, I do like that. And you know, I can walk right there, which is great, too. Oh, wait a minute. I'm calling hypocrite. Because it's in a mall. It is in a mall. That's, a mall. that's usually why I don't go there. I go there because I know I'll never, I won't see anyone I know. <laughs> because it's on the west side. So that's where you go to see like Fifty Shades. That's where I go to see my Fifty Shades. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. That's where I go to see my Divergent. Right. Okay. All right. Okay. I go there all the time. I go see Bratz movie. <laughs> Continue. Sorry, Cole. Sorry, Cole. I mean, I go there all the time and like, I love it, but at the same time, like every other time, there's somebody that's making me crazy in the theater because like they have their phone on and it's glowing and they're right there and they're texting the entire time. And it's just like, takes me out of the movie all the time. And I, that's the part of it. That's like, well, that's, that's what's driven millions of people away from movie theaters, yeah. especially, uh, mature movie yes. goers. Other and, people. <laughs> and no, no, honestly, it, there's a whole audience that's been lost to that, to bad behavior. And, uh, what I, I just go at off hours. I, I, I don't punch a clock in my work, so I'm fortunate that I have that choice. Not everybody has that choice. But if I'm going to go to a theater, catch it with a movie I didn't see at a press screening, I'm going to go uh, Tuesday night at 7 or Thursday afternoon at, at 4 or something yeah, like that. that, and the too. odds are much greater you will have a pleasanter experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I try to do that. I also learned from bitter experience that you can't, get somebody who's behaving badly to not behave badly. Oh, no. no. I've tried everything. I've tried... What have you tried? Oh, I've tried, I've tried <laughs> polite, shh. Mm-hmm. Doesn't work. Well, usually doesn't work. I've tried uh, harsher, please. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> Ooh you know, there was some acting right there. I, I stopped you talking. Uh, you, you have to just change your seat. Yeah. If you can, if there's another seat to go to. And I guess what I'm saying is I feel like the movie theater industry takes us for granted and that they should stop thinking of themselves as an inevitable part of the experience of seeing movies Mm. and rethink how they have structured themselves in order to make it more pleasant for people like us who just want to, we want to go out. Yeah. Yeah. We do want to go out and see a movie on a big screen and have some popcorn or a drink and have that group experience too. Um, I mean, we did go see Fifty Shades over the weekend, but it was so fun because the whole audience was, like, laughing and making fun of the movie. And it was the first movie in a while that we'd seen in the theater that it really was like, this is where you see stuff in the theater, especially the fun, like, fluffy stuff. Because Snakes on in a it. plane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I saw it at midnight in Times Square, people. Oh, there you go. That's the is. best possible Full way. throttle. It oh, yeah. <laughs> it's such a delight, though. I mean, Bad movies are always so the fun. best. Yeah, it's awesome. And, and big comedies, too. There's something to be said about, like, you know, laughing with a lot of people. Yeah. Sure. Um, I mean, I, 
some of my fondest memories are seeing like Wayne's World in the theater. Mm-hmm. Like I saw it like three times because every single time it was hilarious with all these people, like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I think it does. I think comedies and like giant, huge action movies or really crappy movies are the best. I, I will tell you that there is there is a reverse of that. The reverse of that is that uh, as a as a critic who goes to press screenings uh, quite a lot, there was a there's always been a for a long time there's been a belief that if they're screening a big comedy. They should not only screen it in a big theater for the critics, but they should invite civilians and mm. surround the critics with ordinary people yeah. whose laughter will sort of uh, reaffirm the movie's yeah. you know, humor and uh, persuade the critic that you know, whatever he or she may be thinking, this is right. a funny movie. I find it backfires <laughs> because I've been in those audiences. They used to do it in Westwood at the big, at the Bruin and the um, yeah, they still do it. And the, uh, the 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 one across the street from the Bruin. They did for Hot Tub Time Machine last yeah. night. They yeah. packed it in with civilians that I know. And and uh, what happens? I find is I get angrier and angrier. <laughs> <laughs> These people are laughing at this crap. <laughs> so so it, it can it can backfire. I actually have that experience in it too, especially with trailers that'll come out and it'll be like it's just somebody farting for three minutes or whatever, and everybody's rolling, and I'm like, oh, yeah, you really? hear somebody People? go, I'm going to see that. Yeah, <laughs> like, the, like the trailer for Sex Tape, which was like a terrible trailer, and like had that dog that like hit the wall and then attacked Jason Siegel, and everybody's trying. I was like, how is that at all? Fun? I don't get it, but yeah, I, I can see how that's a that's a deal breaker. I once saw I I. I I hosted a Disney event at the El Capitan Theater, which Ooh. is the Disney Theater on Hollywood Boulevard, uh, where I've had many very enjoyable experiences. Yeah. And I love the theater organist there. Oh, it's so awesome. It's, it's yeah. great. Yeah. So they were having a, an evening for some Disney classic or something, and I was hosting a little Q&A on stage. And they showed a couple of trailers first for upcoming attractions. And one was, um, was it? Ice Cube and road trip, college road trip, something like that. Oh, he's taking his daughter out to, to, to yeah, check out college. I can't remember what it's called, but yeah. Well, it was one of those trailers that is cut, and there's, there's a template for this kind of comedy trailer where there's a, lot of, there's a lot of stuff happening on the soundtrack, a lot of cacophony, a lot of action, and then you smash cut on a joke and let the, the track go silent, go dead, and that's when the audience laughter comes in. What? And that's cute, cute audience laughter. And this audience was not the audience for that movie. Oh my God. So every time that cue came up, there was stony ah, silence. Nice. It's sort of like the oh, it was the worst playing a trailer ever got. <laughs> like a Samuel the Beckett play. Yes. Just <laughs> silence. It's like the record scratch effect noise. Yeah, 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 exactly. Which I realize is an, a noise that's not going to make sense to anyone. That's right. In oh, these yeah. generations who've never had vinyl, who've never had a record, so the thing is, like, what is the that? Noise what happened? That you make before now it's no just one a, now it's become yeah. a cliche. Yeah. yeah. Now it's even, a cliche. Even like a skipped CD, they wouldn't. They wouldn't no. get. Yeah. What is that? They wouldn't get. Yeah, maybe it just said if all of a sudden it went buffering, buffering, buffering. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Then yeah, they'd get it. <laughs> but yeah, that kind of terrifies me. That's <laughs> not going to be a thing anyone knows about anymore. So best actor. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> we'll just on. go through these quick. Mm-hmm. Steve Carell on Foxcatcher, Bradley Cooper in American Sniper, Benedict Cumberbatch, who is not a rabbit with a pocket watch, in The Imitation Game, <laughs> Michael Keaton in Birdman, and Eddie Redmayne in Theory of Everything. Uh, and not David Oyelowo for Selma, who mm. should have been there. Should have been there. Yes, yeah. yes, I totally It makes me crazy. Cause, I totally agree. Yeah. I remember and, watching and, that. And, and one might say uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler. He was mm. 
astounding. But yeah. David Oyelowo is, is just a glaring omission. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, what can you say? They didn't send out screeners. That's, that's what I'll that say. Was a, that was a real problem that we had was that they were in post-production very late in the game. Very, very, very late in the game. When I saw, I saw it at an industry screening the day after Thanksgiving, and we were watching an unfinished print. Oh, wow. It was almost finished, but it wasn't color corrected, and there yeah. were a couple of visual effects uh, oh, wow. uh, that hadn't been laid in. And there were no credits at the end. And, uh, you know, at a time when people in the industry are spoiled by having screeners delivered to their doorstep yeah. yep. in order to watch the movies over the holidays in particular, mm-hmm. not having that screener there was a real uh, detriment, a real hindrance to that film doing better. Yeah. Here's a question because. I read an article in which this person kind of outlined that who produced Selma was it Paramount? Yeah, that Paramount basically did a uh, changing their horses in midstream. They were backing a different movie as their Oscar contender, and then they went, "Wait a minute, we should we should switch to Selma," and then they kind of did all of that too late. Oh, I haven't I haven't heard or read that. It was it was an, true. it was an interesting take, but it, it made me think that they didn't even believe in this movie. I guess in that, in a sense, where it's just sort of like they didn't even think to maybe we could win an Oscar with this good movie. They just kind of didn't expect it. They expected it to be homework. I think that's the problem sometimes with a quote unquote black film, especially if it's about a historical person or event, where it's just like, oh, it's homework. And Mm. I think people have that attitude about it. And maybe this, and I wonder if the studio thought that, and that's why they didn't back it from the from the front. Because if they would have backed it from the front. I don't think any of that stuff would have happened. Yeah, it's a question. It's an interesting question. It's an interesting question to raise. Instead, they were back in John Wick. <laughs> <laughs> don't set him off. Right. Which actually, I did enjoy quite a bit. It was a pretty fun movie. But I kind of want to um, see that. Do you like? Uh, have you seen the Man from Tai Chi? Mm-mm. You should see that. Have you seen that? It's Keanu Reeves directed it. Oh, it's a martial arts film. I gotta check that out. Yeah, just, <laughs> just a little, little. It's if you like martial arts films, it's entertaining. Um, my choice, Michael Keaton. That's I love him. See that silence? I, I would be my, very, choice. No, my choice, Michael Keaton. I think mine too, actually. I hadn't really thought about it until I was looking at this. But, uh, very strong, again, a very strong lineup. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wouldn't kinda, doubt if Eddie Redmayne kind of. I think he might win it. it. I hope, I, I love Michael Keaton. I always have, so I kind of hope he does. I think it'd be more of a career award, even though he was great in Birdman. Um, and I, I, I didn't really like Theory of Everything. Like, I thought the performance was great, but as a movie, I, I don't know. I had a hard time with it. But, um,. Um, yeah, I, I kind of feel like Steve Carell took David Oyelowo's spot in there, mm-hmm. um, mm. which just kind of bumps me out. But because I remember watching when I watched Selma, like my wife and I turned to each other, like, "Wow, he's going to get nominated. And he's going to win." Like there in our mind, we were like, "That's the award. This Give it the to the guy." Yeah. And the fact yeah. that he was just not even nominated just blew my mind. Yeah, it's also and this, my personal thing is also like with Twelve Years a Slave, Chiwetel Ejiofor got a nomination, and I yeah. I personally do not think he brought to that role what David brought to Martin Luther King Jr. Mm. That's my opinion, but I'm black, so it's, it's very <laughs> so educated. That's a good opinion, yeah. <laughs> we yeah. have to take it. Just in case anyone out there is like, I'm not sure what this guy's voice is about. <laughs> black person. <laughs> All right, supporting actor, run these down real quick. Robert Duvall in The Judge, Ethan Hawke in Boyhood, Edward Norton in Birdman, Mark Ruffalo in Foxcatcher, and J.K. Simmons in Whiplash. Well, they're all good, too. Yeah. But J.K. Simmons, who is great, 
has won every single award there is to win. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't believe in the term shoe in. I really don't. I don't think you can tell anything until they open that envelope yeah. on Sunday night. But if there is such a thing as a shoe in, it would seem to be J.K. Simmons. I bet he'll get a standing ovation. I bet everyone would be like, yes, finally. This is our, we've known yeah, this man. A, a working actor, exactly. Yeah, yeah it's like he's an amazing character actor. Yeah. He's always good in everything he does. Yep. And this is yep. like the role of a lifetime for him. Yep. To, to actually like you're almost rooting for a guy that is like the devil at times like it's that's, so that's interesting tough the to way do, it you know you what know. i mean yeah. yeah that's abuse right yeah <laughs> but yeah, yeah he's so amazing in that movie that that to me is my favorite movie of the year like they're all good but like mm-hmm. that one's the one that kind of resonated with it's a really mm-hmm. movie yeah really really good even us what do you would you like no i pick him jk um I yeah I think because too he reminds me of some directors I've worked with and I really was on like this weird I think it is sort of a Stockholm kind of cusp of like but he is making them better you know and it afterwards I was like okay no that's not healthy it's not healthy <laughs> yeah yeah uh, but he played it in such an intense way that yeah. it did make you think like well there's a certain genius to it um so I yeah I'm on his, his side all right, actress, uh, Marion Cotillard in Two Days, One Night, Felicity Jones in Theory of Everything, Julianne Moore in Still Alice, Rosamund Pike in Gone Girl, and Reese Witherspoon in The Hiking Movie Wild. <laughs> no, not enough of a hiking movie, if you ask me. You know, I feel like I'm the only person that didn't like Gone Girl. Um, I don't know. I saw it with the friend who had read the book. It, it's, it's an, I think it's an uneven movie, and I think the character, I think what she did with that character is pretty amazing, but I just I was like, why does this I, character even exist? In my I, personal opinion, I liked the performances in Gone Girl, but I didn't love the movie at all, um, which kind of makes me feel weird because I I mean I'd read the book, but you read the book in a day, like it's a page turner, mm-hmm. and you don't really have time to like ruminate on it, and you're not watching it. And there's something about when you're watching it, it's like really well, it's a that different crazy. It's, it's a different form. Yeah. So I'm. There's a part of me that feels like I don't even know if this book should have ever been made into a movie. Yeah. No, that's what I mean because the book it works because it's a book and mm-hmm. also well, like the, but the book is always better than the movie. Yeah, no, but yeah, I'm but just this saying is even different. It's not like no, the no, book I'm just was better. I'm just saying that the, the the book is a different experience. Yeah, it's a different. Yeah. Experience. You have a different experience with the book than you do with the and movie. the book was a gimmick book too, yeah. which I think is a big thing that hinges in the movie. Like you know, halfway through the book, it takes the turn, and right. in the movie, you're seeing all of it coming in a different way, yeah. and it just felt like it didn't quite. Yeah. It didn't quite work, yeah. and I didn't think she brought a remarkable amount to a role that there probably wasn't a remarkable. I thought amount. I thought it was good and expertly done, but I, I don't have any affection for it. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I feel like Julianne Moore's the favorite here. Mm-hmm. Yes, that seems to be. This is my least favorite part of the season, the interminable awards season. Yeah, is that people now? It comes down to the horse race aspect of it. Yeah, and it shouldn't be a horse race. I, yeah. I'm just enough uh, of, a, of a purist uh, as a movie lover. To want it to be about good movies yeah. and yeah. good work. And that's what I'd prefer people to be talking about. Instead of people talking about Julianne Moore, people who haven't seen the movie, because it's such a small movie still, yeah. Alice, hardly anybody saw it. Just as hardly anybody saw Marion Cotillard in Two Days, One Night, which is a terrific movie uh, by the Dardenne brothers, uh, who, who make terrific movies. But... Uh, but everyone feels that qualified to weigh in anyway, mm-hmm. right? because it's now a horse race. Right. Uh, but Julianne Moore, who's been nominated five times and has proven herself long since as a great actress and a versatile actress and a committed actress, does a great job here. You mm-hmm. know, it's, it's just a it's it's a very potent and moving performance. 
And I feel like a lot of the Oscar voters will probably look at the film and be like, why well, didn't really make it through most of these movies? So, <laughs> they're, know, they're pretty Moore, obscure. So we'll just yeah. check that one off. Yeah. Like, I feel like it'll be kind of that. Uh, finally, supporting actress, Patricia Arquette in Boyhood, Laura Dern in Wild. You could stop there, but go on. Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, Patricia pretty much has it wrapped up. Keira Knightley in Imitation Game, Emma Stone in Birdman, and Meryl Streep in Into the Woods. And they're all good, too. Yep. I was kind of surprised that Laura Dern got nominated. I love her, but like... Oh, I thought that was a lovely performance. You didn't? I, I thought it was good. I just thought it was just very minimal in that movie. I thought mm-hmm. hers was the best performance of Wild, though. Yeah. I thought she got the kind of the most meat of... Or at least she brought the most to it, of like vulnerable and every... I don't know. I really I really liked her in that. But I think Patricia Arquette was just amazing. And we in the L.A. Film Critics Association voted her best actress this year. Patricia mm. Arquette? Yep. Because we, we felt she's the female lead of that movie. Yep. Yeah, she is. She's not supporting. That's great. And uh, so that's how that's how our vote went. Uh, and I think one of the other groups did that, too. That's lovely. But uh, they sort of channeled her into the supporting category for mm-hmm. the Oscars. Is that because they thought that they knew they could get a nomination? Yeah, that's the way they, they you know, the, the, they're, they're strategists. They're yeah. professional strategists who figure out these things. Wow. Which is kind of depressing, mm-hmm. <laughs> because that it's gamesmanship, right? Yeah. And again, I, 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 oh, it shouldn't be about gamesmanship. It should yeah. be about reward for, for good work done. Yeah. yeah. The movie's yeah. called Boyhood. She's not a boy, therefore she's a supporting <laughs> actress. This is why we pay him the big money. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. sir. Yeah. <laughs> the strategist been a year. All right, I'm out of here. <laughs> I'll see you guys next time. You need some strategizing. <laughs> Back to Strategy Mountain, and it flies away on the power of thought. No. Uh, well, there's other stuff we could cover on that, but yeah. we're good. Though, did you guys were you guys surprised with the Lego Movie admission? I know that pissed a lot of people off that that wasn't up for Best Animated. I, I you know, it's I didn't even know that people were pissed off about that. Oh, they were. <laughs> like, people yeah. were really yeah. pissed off. Yeah. Oh, it didn't get nominated for Best Animated, which is that not. is amazing to me. I yeah. loved that movie, and I was not expecting to love that movie. Everybody loved that movie. Yeah, it was one of the best reviewed, best received movies, and a big box office huge, hit. Yeah, huge hit. Yep. No, I don't. I don't know. Uh, the you know only the animation branch gets to nominate right uh, that category. Mm. And I don't oh, know I didn't how, know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Only the art directors nominate the art directors. Only the writers nominate the writers. Wow. How did I not yeah, know? And then everybody gets to vote in the final. But mm. for the nomination process, it's branch by branch. Wow. Except for best picture, everybody gets to nominate best. So picture. Lego made some enemies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, what's funny about that branch is that uh, they like uh, they like to support the underdog. Hmm. Which is why they have uh, the, uh, the the Irish movie and Song the of Japanese sea, movie, yeah. Song yeah. of the Sea, and the Princess Tale of Princess Kaguya. I'm saying that wrong, I think. Uh, uh, and uh, uh, because they want to support you know, that kind of uh, old school animation, yeah. hand drawn animation, personal yeah. animation, and I, I applaud that 100. percent But then they're still including, you know, uh, Big Hero Six mm-hmm. and uh, How to Train Your Dragon Two and the Box Trolls. So it's kind of a, a you know, a, there's a duality there, and I'm not sure how Lego Movie missed the. Uh, missed yeah, I'm the surprised. Cut-off. Like I would have, I thought Box Trolls looked great, but I didn't mm-hmm. love it as a film. Like mm-hmm. I felt like Lego really like was inventive with this animation too. To you have to use the Lego sure. stuff, like sure, not only yet yeah, and the story. Whew. Yeah, it's a great story. It yeah. is, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, great voice work. It's got it's got everything. Oh yeah, and, and it's got that that cool song. Everything's awesome. awesome. <laughs> Which is, isn't that nominated for an Oscar? Yeah, uh, I think maybe. Well, it's, uh, we don't know. Uh, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> all right, I'll, I'll take that as a. Maybe. We're not sure. 
Oh, okay. It is, right. yes, yes. yes, of course of it is. Course. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> of course. First ballot. First ballot. Yeah. Oh, oh, peas and carrots, peas and carrots. We're going to make it. Background, background, background talking. Wow, wow, talking. <laughs> so, yeah, the movie trophy shows on Sunday. Hopefully, everybody will watch it. We'll see how we do with our predictions. Uh, you guys have a new podcast. Yes, we do. Yep. Indeed, indeed, all done movies with Baron Vaughn. It's on Wolf Pop, which is an offshoot of Earwolf. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, curated by Paul Shear, I believe. Correct. How did you guys get put together on this? How did it come to fruition? Paul Shear. We got curated by <laughs> Paul yeah. Shear. You hadn't met. There's no, there's no meat. Cute oh, I. Story. Meat cute. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was buying lettuce <laughs> at and Ralph's. You stumbled. And, and I was buying some Ralph's at lettuce. Oh, no. Oh. We bumped into each other. It's like, hey, you got your lettuce at my Ralph's. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, Paul we Shear. Should, we should invent a good, a good story. A good meat cute. A better yeah. story. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, you know, I've, Leonard Malton has always been in my brain. Because we I'm share a birthday. Yeah. Oh, really? So anytime I looked up celebrity birthdays. Yeah. Tell them who we share it with. Malton. Uh, Brad Pitt. Whoa. Spielberg. <laughs> yep. Christina Aguilera. Nice. No. And <laughs> Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes. Heard of her. <laughs> right. Yeah. I have Bill Murray and Chuck Jones. That's pretty, oh, that's ooh, nice. that's pretty that's good. That's very nice. Have you been to Santa Fe? No. When you go, go to the Chuck Jones Gallery. Yeah. Santa Fe has the second biggest arts district in the country to Manhattan. Whoa. Bigger than San Francisco. Yeah. Chuck Jones Gallery. Right. <gasps> Amazing stuff. Yeah. yeah. That's I don't even know those people. So that's, that's free advertisement, <laughs> but it's just great if you like Chuck Jones. Um, yeah, so he's always kind of been in my brain. And so when Shear wrote me saying, hey, I think that you and Leonard Malton might have a good uh, rapport. We met once, and then we did have a good rapport. And we decided, well, let's let's give it a shot, and uh, that was a shot. Matchmaker, matchmaker. When uh, Paul and the guys at uh, Earwolf uh, said, uh, "Are you interested in doing a show?" I said, "Yeah," but I don't want to review new movies. Hmm. Uh, They said, "Well, what do you want?" I said, "Everybody's doing that." They said, "What do you want to do?" I said, "Well, I want to talk about movies, but I don't want to talk about current movies. I'd like to find another way in to talk about movies." And you know, a theme show or, you know, some, some way of doing it. Oh, okay. And then, and then Paul uh, had me look at some clips of Baron, which I did, and uh, we met, and we hit it off, and we, we both were comfortable with the idea of tackling a theme every week, and I think the first one we did was based on the theory of everything. So the idea was, okay, the theory of everything is a new movie that's in theaters, and it's a biopic about Stephen Hawking and his wife, Jane. So we're going to talk about three other biopics. One good one, one bad one, and one sleeper. And that's what we've been doing every week. We find something that's a sort of a springboard, and we talk about one film we really like, one film we don't, and one that you might not know, but you ought to. Hmm. Now, I like talking about movies that I don't like sometimes <laughs> because it, it, a lot can be learned from when a movie goes yeah. well, badly wrong. because yeah. from this person wrote a script to it's in a theater – Holy poop! This how much can go wrong in that entire process? Yeah. Well, there's so many cooks. So exactly. To speak, that <laughs> too many cooks. <laughs> so there's when a movie is good, it's a miracle. Yeah. <laughs> in oh, yeah. a sense, yeah, and sure. when it's bad, I'm like, how does this not always happen? Right. Yeah. But it's also interesting to, for me at least, to see where things went wrong because it's essentially like looking at a map that someone went off, you know, course and, and ended up like Amelia Earhart. So it's like. I try, or I think we try to talk about movies that we don't like in an intelligent way. Yeah, we're right. not trying to bash anybody. Yeah, that's not the that's not the point. Uh, I think we talk with disappointment, 
about these movies. You yeah. Know? And, and, and uh, how could all these good people have stumbled so badly? For sure. There's a difference between a movie that was supposed to be good yeah. and is bad, and a movie out of the gate knew it was going to be bad. Yeah. You know, like a Snakes in the Plane. Like, this is going to be just a fun, campy, stupid thing. Don't yeah. actually criticize this because, yeah. oh boy. Um, but yeah, it's, it's always heartbreaking when something is you think is going to be good, should be good, and just so isn't. But yeah. it's also like, well, how did it happen? Mm-hmm. You know, like how did – so, you, you know, like we talked about the Avengers recently, not yeah. the Marvel movie. Yeah. But a movie made in the 90s about the TV show. Because we both like Ray Fiennes. So it was just sort of like, okay, well, we're coming at this from the perspective of we are fans of the people who made this thing. Yet we are not fans of this thing. And we can still respect that it exists. Right. But but where did it go wrong and how did it go wrong? And that's what we talk about. Nice. So do you guys. On On our biopic episode, we talked about Jay Edgar. Yeah, that was the, uh, the quote-unquote uh, bad movie. Uh, right. Mis- misbegotten movie, if there ever was. Clint and a great cast, and yeah. you would think. Yeah. yeah. How do you guys pick the films? Like, do you both agree on them, or just one of you pick them? Or, you know what I mean? Like, we bat it back and forth. Back yeah. And forth. Usually we both agree, but sometimes he'll recommend a movie that I haven't seen. Um, and then sometimes... Did I, I feel like there was once I recommended a movie that you hadn't seen. Ooh. That happens. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know if we talked about it. <laughs> <laughs> it does happen. You're like, you know what? I don't think I've actually seen that one. I'm like, but we're not talking about it. <laughs> You're like, Jaws? Really? Leonard, you haven't <laughs> seen Jaws? Jeez. Jaws 3D? <laughs> oh, great film. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's uh, What are you guys' favorite films? Out of curiosity, like if you had to pick one, what would it... <laughs> I know that's almost impossible, but everybody always has one. I've that, got an know. answer, but I don't know yours. I... I usually will throw out a bunch of movies, but since I just recently watched one of my favorite movies and the director of that movie came up in a casual conversation before we recorded, it is Network. Oh, that's Network is one of my yeah. favorite, favorite movies of all time. Um, it's it's just I personally think it's a brilliant piece of work. Yeah. Just Pan didn't really win any awards. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Nobody bad. had a career after it. <laughs> it's very sad. You know, Aaron Sorkin didn't try to copy that screenplay in every single thing he does. <laughs> <laughs> Network, interesting, good choice. Yeah. Good choice. Yeah. What's what's yours, Leonard? Casablanca. Ah. I uh, I was lucky enough to see it for the first time in a theater during a Bogart revival. Of the uh, oh, wow. now, now I'm giving away my age, but uh, in the late '60s, at the time of the counterculture, the rise of the counterculture in, 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 in around the world, actually, but in America in particular, uh, Bogart became uh, very fashionable as an antihero, and uh, it, this started in Cambridge, Mass, at a movie theater there, and they, they had a big Bogart festival, and was so so successful. The Brattle, yeah, or the Orson Welles Cinema, I forget which one. Oh, okay, and. Uh, uh, it just took off. So the first time I got to see him and that film was in a movie theater in my in, in my tender years. Wow! And it just knocked me out, and I've never fallen out of love with it. Mm. It's the it, you know it's taught sometimes as the perfect screenplay, as the ideal screenplay, which it is, because it's got everything. It's got uh, romance, suspense, topicality, humor, mm-hmm. great characterizations. At a point of view. But you don't see the wheels turning. Right. It's so seamlessly woven together. And perfectly cast. And, yeah, and not just right. cast at the top. Every person who appears, every face is an interesting face. Everybody who utters a word in that movie is colorful and, and interesting. Yeah. Rick! Yeah. <laughs> I love that. It's a great film. Vanessa, what's yours? I've never asked you. I don't know. I was just thinking. I need to think of an answer. I don't have one. Get one by the end of the podcast. Okay, I will. The wheels it are also turning. has my favorite line of dialogue of any movie. 
but it's an out of context, very short. It's a th- three three word phrase, but it's uh, I love it. I was misinformed. Oh. <laughs> I have a little uh, needlework pillow that says that. (laughs) And to explain, for those who may not know the movie or not know it well enough to remember it, it's uh, Claude Rains as the uh, corrupt, uh, charmingly corrupt uh, police uh, official in Casablanca is chatting with Bogart, the proprietor of Rick's Cafe American. And and Rick is kind of an elusive character. And he says, uh, I always wondered, why did you come to Casablanca? And Bogart says, "Uh, my health, I came for the waters. Claude Rain says, waters? What waters? We're in the desert. He says, I was yeah. misinformed. <laughs> it's just a perfectly wonderful, wry, ironic piece of dialogue. I remembered my favorite, Philadelphia Story. Ah, um, good, good oh, taste. Yeah, good and I, I have watched that so many times. I saw it first when I was really, really young. We were always watching um, like Turner Classic movies and, and stuff in my house. And then I watch it a few times every year, and I'm always delighted by it. And there's always a new little moment that from one of the actors it's like that's so brilliant and playful and I think it's perfectly cast and everyone's speed is amazing I just I love it Drunk Jimmy Stewart is the best thing in the world is the most adorable thing in the world Uh, yeah you know people people forget that he gave that performance sometimes they're so busy buying into the cliche of Jimmy Stewart yeah the drawling aw shucks guy mm-hmm. they forget what he did in the Philadelphia story. yes it's a it's wonderful so life Jim, Jim Stewart yeah, right. yeah he's yeah. become the only Jimmy yeah. Stewart by the way this, this, your, your, apart, your, your apartment is very yar oh thank you she is yar <laughs> oh my gosh oh. <laughs> I mean you guys have listed three amazing classic movies so mine's gonna feel weird uh, but it's the one for some reason has always stuck with me and I love it I've seen it a bajillion times that's Searching for Bobby Fisher great movie that's a great movie great movie I love it I think it's criminally underrated no one talks about Steven it Steven Zalian yeah he's writer a, director he, uh, his son used to come into this video store I worked at and then and I realized I saw Zalian on the credit card and I was like your dad like made my favorite thing and so yeah. he brought his dad in at one point just Whoa. to say hi to oh, how nice which I thought Whoa. was really cool and he went to San Francisco State where I went for film and stuff too so we had kind of that connection but just everything about that movie like the score is fantastic mm. the relationships in the movie and people mm. are always like it's a chess movie I'm like no it's not a chess no. movie no. no no that just happens to be the yeah. thing that they're doing yeah. but just the performances top to bottom were amazing and it just just I just love it love it love it love it it's the same well. way I feel about the movie uh, Ladybugs <laughs> it's not really about soccer. <laughs> when that's about out, Rodney Dangerfield. That was like one of the early Blu-rays. I remember thumbing through and Ladybugs I was like, "What? what? This gonna <laughs> you release Ladybugs yeah, on, it's Blu-ray? on Blu-ray? It is. Ooh, I it might is. have to get it. It's out there. Upgrade yeah. to high def. There you go. Yeah, Finally, you go. Rodney Finally. In high def. Finally, Jonathan Brandis in a wig and high def. <laughs> that's what we all wanted. Yeah. Uh, yeah, good choices, guys. Those are all fantastic movies. Oh, so is yours. Thank you. And so is yours. Thank you. Good. He didn't say anything to me. Okay, <laughs> moving on. Loud and clear. Because it's a, it's a given. All right, all it's a right. Given. There you go. Well, let's do first. We do a different first yeah. uh, from life every podcast. This one is, uh, since it sort of ties into everything, what was the first movie review you can remember writing for any medium, like when you were a kid or just anything? What was the first thing you remember writing up for a report or just anything? What was that? Do you have something, Baron? You're, you're nodding. Oh, I have something. All right. I... Uh, was maybe in eighth grade. I grew up in a small town called Las Vegas, Nevada, off the beaten path. <laughs> Most people have never heard of it. <laughs> and I was very serious about, I wanted to be the film critic in high school. I was like, when I go to high school, I'm going to be a critic on this paper. So I started watching all these movies and writing reviews. And that was the summer of Independence Day. Oh, 94. <laughs> it was supposed to come out on July the 4th, but then they said, you know what? 
let's release it on the second. <laughs> At least they did in Las right. Vegas. Get and so weekend. I went and I watched it and I wrote a little review of Independence Day. And I actually, I still have the notebook. I wrote reviews of all these different movies I saw that summer, which also included The Frighteners. Which is how I nice. learned about Peter Jackson, Peter Jackson right? which is why when I heard that he was doing uh, Lord of the Rings, I'm like, he can pull that off. And then also uh, The Fan, which was Wesley Snipes and Robert De Niro. Yeah. <sighs> Those are the three <laughs> movies I specifically remember what a seeing. movie. Yeah, it's not. God, what a dreadful And wasn't it Tony Scott? Yeah, Tony Scott. Yeah. 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 Man who never met a helicopter shot, he didn't like oh. that. Yeah. 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 It's uh, yeah, the Scott brothers. They love those slow motion things. Um, but yeah, those are the those are three movies I remember writing reviews about. But Independence Day was definitely the first movie I ever wrote a review of. Wow, nice. Can you have any any idea what it might have been for you, Leonard? Uh, no, you know, I, I I actually can't remember. Uh, it would have been in college. I wrote about film before I was in college, but I didn't write reviews. Right. Uh, I was writing articles about movie history. That's what mm. really you know was my first love and remains my first love. But gosh, I can't remember. Uh, I, just can't. I do remember, well, here's one. I remember <laughs> reviewing for the NYU Daily Paper uh, the remake of Lost Horizon, the musical remake of Lost oh, wow. Horizon. <laughs> Talk about ill-fated movies with Liv Ullman and Peter Finch with a score by Bert Backrack uh, and Hal David. Oh, my uh, goodness. And... Uh, a friend of mine at the time was a junior publicist at Columbia Pictures, and he, he which meant he had to sort of uh, host screenings, which you know check people in at the mm. press screenings, and he would wait outside the screening room, and something like seventeen minutes, exactly seventeen minutes into the movie, John Gilgood made his entrance wearing a really dopey looking hat, <laughs> and he would wait for the laughter. The derisive laughter inside the screening room. He knew it was going to come. 17 minutes on the no. dot <laughs> every time. And they were not allowed to call it a remake. They had to call it a uh, re- reimagining of, of uh, James Hilton's uh, classic novel. I hate reimagining. You're always in for trouble yeah. when they do that. What was, what was yours in that I think I wrote in college a really horrible um, thing about Sophie's Choice, uh, like comparing it to the book, but I just remember writing a very like saccharine kind of essay that I would not ever want to look back at. Like just thoughts of it kind of are making me blush of like, <laughs> I really thought I was an important lady when mm-hmm. I was writing that down. I was one of those kids that like hung out at video stores growing up, like would take the posters when they got rid of them. I had cardboard standees in my room. So I had one for broadcast news, one for Willow, and one for Dirty Dancing, like the things that I had. Oh. So I had those in my room, and then all my walls were covered in posters. But So I was like really into like hanging out at the warehouse or whatever. So I wrote a review of The Lost Boys, which they published in their like warehouse magazine thing. So they had like a reader review every month. So they got published and then I was excited because they would send you some swag of some sort. And they're like, stuff is like an MGM mug or whatever. But because I was a kid, they sent me this Pirates of Darkwater kite, which is like an animated show that no, I didn't watch and care about. And I was like pissed off. I was like, you know, I don't know, 13 or 14. And like, I wanted like an MGM sweatshirt or something yeah. like that. Cause I was into movies. Like, I don't want this stupid kite. I wrote a review, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Which at the time, like when I was a teenager, like I loved all those Jules Schumacher movies, like the flatliners and lost boys and all that stuff. We forgive you. Well, <laughs> you know, it was like, a different time. It was a different time. But yeah, that was definitely, that was definitely mine. And I remember like we had like a reviewer for the school paper when I remember getting really pissed off reading all her reviews because they weren't good. And I remember she reviewed reality bites and she said it starred Winona, not Winona Ryder, but Winona. So I guess the Judd. Oh, oh. I, 
goodness. And she gave it four thumbs up, and I was like, you can't do that. <laughs> give it stars, give it hats, give it jackets. You only have two thumbs. You can't do four. You can't borrow thumbs. I remember that made me so crazy. <laughs> Anywho, four, thumbs, four up. thumbs up, four thumbs up. All right, well, let's do my questions. Uh, okay. Leonard, uh, in addition to uh, being a film historian, you're also a cartoon historian. Um, so I think you'll do well at this, and uh, you can guess as well, Baron. Uh, cartoon first appearances. I'm going to name an animated short that is the first appearance of an iconic Disney or Looney Tunes character. Mm-hmm. You tell me who it is. I think you'll probably nail these, but I could be wrong. I don't know. Here we go. Number one, The Wise Little Hen from 1934. Donald Duck. Yeah, right, you're going to be good at this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I abstain. You know, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say something, but I won't. Number two, A Wild Hair, 1940. Bugs Bunny. All right. Number three, Plain Crazy, 1929. Well, 1928, sort of, but it's Mickey Mouse. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I love how early you're like, Minnie. I'm horrible it's at Mickey, dates. Mickey Mouse. <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, number four, The Chain Gang, 1930. Pluto. Yep. Damn, man. Uh, number five, I Haven't Got a Hat, 1935. Porky Pig. Correct. And, um, and he was part of a, a duo. It was Porky and Beans. Oh, wow. Beans didn't make the cut. Oh, oh no. Sorry, now I beans. know why he's called Porky. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Uh, number six, Mickey's Review, 1932. Oh, now you, now you <gasps> have me. Wait a minute. Hang on. Hang on. I have Mickey's a guess. Review. Well, it wouldn't be goofy. Uh, Why not? It could be goofy. It it would be goofy. That was my guess. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Originally called Dippy Dog. Was he really? Yeah. I had no idea. Hmm. Uh, Number seven, A Tale of Two Kitties, 1942. Tweety. Indeed. (laughs) Uh, Number eight, Trolley Troubles, 1927. Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. Oh, my gosh. Damn. This I is, don't know if is, you have a gift or a card. No, 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 no. This is this is this, this is you know you, this is shooting fish in a barrel for me, and, and it's the only barrel I've got. <laughs> <laughs> this is it, folks. He knows those fish intimately. This is it. Uh, number nine, Porky's Duck Hunt, nineteen thirty-seven. Uh, Daffy Duck. Mm-hmm. And finally, number ten, Hair Double Hair, nineteen forty-eight. Uh, Yosemite Sam. Maybe. Uh oh. But not Another according to, well? unless uh, the internet lied to me, which is very possible. What? Uh, it was Marvin the Martian, according to. Oh well, you, you know, you, you're right. Well, I'm wrong. Absolutely important. Yeah. <laughs> you're right. I'm wrong. Well, that was pretty damn impressive. Yeah. Very As I impressive. say, it's uh, it's a uh, there it is. It's it's it's. <laughs> This is what my brain is stuffed full of. And I love those Walt Disney treasure collection things. I have a couple of the Donald Duck ones and the silver tins and stuff. Mm, so thank you. That was, that was a wonderful opportunity I had to do those. It's a cool <laughs> thing. They're really hard to come by nowadays. They're, mm-hmm. They go for a pretty penny on the eBay. But Yes, the folks at Disney uh, gave me this marvelous opportunity to curate and produce and host uh, this collection of films from their vault. And uh, nine years. We did it for nine straight years. Mm. Uh, But without a lot of enthusiasm in some quarters of that company, I'm sorry to say. And they haven't reissued them, and they haven't put them on Blu-ray, and they haven't put them online. And it's too bad because there is an audience for them. There definitely is. I mean, people do buy them. Like, there's people are bidding. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Speculator prices now. I know. Yeah, it's crazy. They're in the vault. The Mm -hmm. 
old vault. Yeah. I'm sure eventually they'll dust them off and do something yeah. with them, but who knows when. Yeah. All right, Vanessa. These are my questions. Uh, you're going to see them all coming. Have you guys ever met an Olsen twin? <laughs> no. She does no. ask us every podcast. Double no? <laughs> I met an Olsen twin sister. Oh, did you? Yeah. At a at a screening or Elizabeth, yeah, yeah the screening she's of Martha Marcy and Marlene, yeah. Okay, I'll take it. She's <laughs> maybe a little more merited, but far less mysterious. <laughs> I know a guy named Brian Olson. That does not count. Who is a? I think he's a writer on Saturday Night Live, or he was at some point. It's a nice relationship, but it's Chappelle not show. a little twin. Okay. Billionaire. <laughs> okay. All right. Next, this is called Little Rascal Showdown. If all the little rascals were lampooned on an island, sort of Lord of the Flies, who would survive? I know you've been asked this many times. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> man, oh, man. Lord of the Rascals. <laughs> wow, that's that should definitely be a sketch somewhere. Gosh. Gosh. A gruesome sketch. <laughs> uh, uh, it would. I, I think it would be... Um, Buckwheat, but only if he was played by Eddie Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I bow to your answer. Yes. There you go. It's got to yeah. be Eddie Murphy's version yeah. of it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now, this is undo any casting in movie history and recast it. So anything you think was really poorly cast in this person would have been. Wow. Boy, that's challenging. <sighs> I know that's a huge question. You know, like Bruce the Shark was terrible in Jaws. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. One thing I can think of recently was like Jennifer Lawrence and American Hustle. With I love her, but I thought she was totally wrong for that part. Mm. I thought she pulled it off. I thought she did. She 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 Good. was wrong for that part, but I yeah. thought she pulled it off. I think I agree with you on that one. You know what? This is a controversial one. This is the one that just came to my mind. And uh, if anyone who's listening that's black, do not tweet at me about oh, I, this. I got, I got one. Ooh, you finish. Angela Bassett and what's love got to do with it? Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. I would have. I would have possibly cast somebody else. Who? Maybe. That's a hard one. That's what yeah. it is. It's just that it's a it's it's a really hard role. I mean, and uh, she did a great job with it. But I'm wondering. I always wonder if it was somebody else. There was someone at the time who I really liked that I remember thinking could have pulled it off. Like maybe like Tina Turner. Maybe <laughs> Tina Turner herself. She did Thunderdome. No. I mean, come on, Meryl Streep. <laughs> yes. Meryl Streep could have done it. Or Judy, not not even even without blackface. We would have just believed she is Tina. Um that's a, that yeah, that's the only one I can kind of think of. So, yeah. you know, um And what was the one that occurred to you? Well, the one that popped into my brain is in American Hustle, Jeremy Renner. Oh. Jeremy Renner, an actor I like. Yeah. Cast miscast as a New Jersey Italian. Hmm. Yeah. He's I think his name Carmine, I think. Yeah, maybe. Carmine. That's not Carmine. Yeah. He's not a Carmine. He did not persuade me for an instant that he was a Carmine. I've known Carmines. Mm-hmm. I've met Carmines. I grew up there. And uh, he just, I found him completely good, good an actor as he is, unconvincing. That's a great That's answer. That's fair. That's fair. Okay, here you've angered a wizard, both of you, and he's mm-hmm. giving you a choice between two punishments. You either can never watch films again, you can watch any other form of media you like, as much as you like, or you can never watch any medium except film, but it's limited to 200 films of your choosing. What the heck? It's a crazy wizard. Wizard's a jerk. I don't yeah. write them, they come to me. <laughs> I think I would choose uh, never watch films again. I can watch anything else? Yeah. So I can still watch documentaries? No, not, no, if it's a film, no. 
Well, what you, you could you watch a half hour as a film, just a I'm feature say length anything thing. Featured, yeah. But a documentary isn't necessarily. <laughs> Stop <laughs> playing with me. I mean, it's, it's an amalgam of a real event as opposed to you a watch scripted a documentary story. TV series. So. You can watch a Real Housewives, you know, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You can yeah. watch as much of that as you like. Those are well, there's a lot of really good television now that it's almost like TV. watching yeah. films. So yeah. that's why I choose that one. The end. Sorry, wizard. No, you Sorry chose what I said one. about Angela Bassett. Weird wizard. <laughs> The Wizards. I think I think I'd watch my two hundred favorite movies. Yeah, yeah, I think I would, because that's a that's a large enough number that I could parcel them out and and savor the them treasures are in there. Yeah, them. yeah. And this is your final question, and it's called "And the Oscar Goes to." And this is any person in any discipline that was not given an Oscar, has not received an Oscar that you would like to, and it can be alive or dead. And it doesn't have to be for a specific performance either. So you're giving a movie trophy to whoever. A movie trophy to a person is the now, question. Now, again, to be to be persnickety, mm-hmm. are we counting honorary Oscars? People so, who mm-hmm. select Pedro only com- getting yeah yeah movie. competitive Oscars. Just competitive. How about okay, Charlie Chaplin. Oh, great. Hmm. Really great choice. Prior. Mm. He was nominated, mm-hmm. but he's never he never won. He was nominated for "Lady Sings the Blues," I believe. Yeah, and uh, but I feel like Pryor could really act and yeah. didn't get a chance to really expand into that part of himself. The end. I know it's not my question, but I would go back and give one to Albert Brooks for broadcast news, mm-hmm. and I would go back and give one to Peter O'Toole for my favorite year. I would give one to Albert Brooks. Period. Yeah. He's just, for, just for being Albert Brooks. Yeah. He's so great. Mm-hmm. I once got into a huge fight with a friend about defending your life. <laughs> it's one of my favorite movies ever. I love that movie, and he hated it, and I, I wanted to punch him in the face. <laughs> Honestly, I think it's Meryl Streep's best work. He I'll told me that. he thought that Meryl Streep was horrible in it. She's so good at it. And he's it. like, and if Meryl Streep is horrible in something, that means the movie's really bad. I'm like, <sighs> you are wrong, my friend. It's the most relaxed I've ever seen her on screen. Mm-hmm. She's just so, like relatable and charming and it's just such a different thing for her that like it's my favorite thing she's done because she's not acting 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 like she is a lot of the time i don't know i think she's great but i love that movie <laughs> really nice answers guys thanks yeah good job guys uh well that's it you guys made it through the entire Yay, podcast you did it. Yeah. thank you so much uh, watch the movie trophy show on sunday check out <laughs> malton on movies uh on wolf pop you can get it on the itunes and places like that uh are you, you guys are both on twitter i'm assuming right? yeah uh, at Leonard Malton. I'm B A R V O N B L A Q. That's Bar Von Black. Beautiful. <laughs> and I have a website, leonardmalton.com. There we go. Uh, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at PMC Podcast. I'm at Cole Strat. I'm at Vanessa Ragland. Thank you guys for listening and thank you so much for being here. Yay. Oh, fun, yeah. Fun to do. Subscribe to the Pop My Culture Podcast on iTunes. Check us out online at popmyculturepodcast.com and follow us on Twitter at PMC Podcast. Thanks for listening.